That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Hey, babe. It's the day after Halloween. Yeah. It's, How you feeling? I'm, I got like a candy like hangover. It's really bad. I, like I had a, like a like 50 Twizzlers last night. I didn't have 50 Twizzlers. I hate Twizzlers. I would actually hope that you didn't have 50 Twizzlers, especially the black licorice variety, because actually there have been documented cases of people like having health issues and needing to be hospitalized because black licorice like anise which is like the thing that licorice like flavor yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. it taste that way actually really d- like lowers your blood pressure so if you pop black licorice like candy you could end up in the hospital like hot take twizzlers is like the worst candy it's the worst one it's the worst one it's like like bob and bob's burgers he would hand out like twizzlers as his like lame candy of the of the season so uh real quick i'm zach and I'm Alex. And this is... My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. No, oh, my cabbages! I would argue that my least favorite candy is... Twizzlers kind of do suck, but I would eat Twizzlers over the Necco wafers. Those, like, they literally taste like chalk. They're worse than Smarties, uh, and, you know, they just dissolve and taste like I'm eating, uh, what's it called? Those little tablets, not Altoids, um, Tums. They literally taste like Tums, those things that you take when you're having nausea or diarrhea and just need, like, something. Yeah, they're not great. Oh, shit, babe. Babe, can you, can you talk to me in this corner of the Zoom call over here for one one, one second? Why? we we have a third person on the zoom call oh my goodness <laughs> it's just just that cool just act natural it's okay it's okay hey Wait, can they like hear us now yeah they can how how's it going hey hey it's our friend it's our friend Mats. How, how are you doing Mats? i'm doing great i'm so happy to be here thank you so much for having me on <laughs> oh thank god it's only Mats because i could have said <laughs> whoa, something whoa, whoa, that others sound like really weird we thought <laughs> We thought that you were some invader from internet uh, hacking websites. I mean, I don't how, know. how do you, you know just, that I'm you not? You crashed our Zoom. You found our meeting ID and you just showed up. That's right. <laughs> we're about to we're about to be inundated with like fifty cabbage heads just popping in. And say hi. How's, we love the episode. I wish. But in all seriousness, uh, Mots, thank you so much for joining us. Number one fan of the pod and our first official patron on Patreon when we launched back in August. Um, so welcome. We're so happy to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And yeah, I absolutely love this podcast. And it's... I'm so happy to be on. Oh, well, we're happy to have you. We're very happy you're here, buddy. We also like Avatar The Last Airbender, which is why we have a podcast. That'd be really awkward if it's we okay. didn't like this show and still forced ourselves to uh, to watch it. It's, a, it's, it's, it's an okay. okay show. Not as good as it's the like, 2010 you know. movie, but you know. Right. How dare you? Listen, I'm, I'm willing to take my jokes in many, many places, but 
Excuse me, Mr. Motz, you just crossed the line. Hashtag cancel Motz. No! It's okay, Motz. I will always stand by your side. Yeah, for our listeners, since they don't know, um, we're extra privileged to have Motz because Motz is joining us from Norway, where it's currently just past midnight. <laughs> and um, we are so sorry we did not think uh, <laughs> more about that time difference. But yeah, He had to fight off uh, some bridge trolls on his way to the recording <laughs> room. Uh, that's really bad. Uh, well, that's how we know you're really dedicated. And again, we're so happy to have you. Uh. It's, I'd stay awake the entire night if, as long as it means that I get to uh, come on and talk to you guys about this, this Aww, wonderful TV show. I have never felt so flattered than when someone claims that they would undergo sleep deprivation in order to spend time with me. <laughs> Which is a little torture tactic, so hopefully, yeah. I promise folks, we are not holding mods against his mom. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely not uh, dripping a water on one spot on his forehead and... <laughs> Measured succession. It's we not have happening. not taken you below Lake Laogai, and we're now like <laughs> forcing you to make one of those like videos nope. to prove to your country that you're still alive. No, <laughs> there there is none of that happening here. No. Uh, so with that being said, uh, before we jump into the episode, let's all share like, Mott, how was your week? What, what went, went well? What, what, what didn't go so well? <laughs> Well, I mean, it it was a week. Uh, I I mean, it wasn't terrible. Honestly, I do not remember what I did the last week. So, I I think I was listening to podcasts for most of the time. So, hey, time flies when you're having fun and true. listening to podcasts. Uh, you know, you're obviously a fan of other Movie Night Crew Network podcasts, and we... And will- no other podcasts, <laughs> only Movie Night Crew and no one else. <laughs> We've well, claimed you. <laughs> we also have WB&E, because that's, I that's think, right. where Mott's came from. You were a fan of, all oh, that's what I'm ta- talking about, and Mary Clay, before you came over to the restricted section and Movie Night Crew Network. Speaking of Mary Clay, we uh, partied with Mary Clay this weekend. It was a ton of fun. I'm so Hell jealous. Yeah. <laughs> that was our highlight. Um, we are thankfully live close enough to the like the real live movie night crew, and we were able to go down and spend the weekend with Christina Khan and her lovely husband Sean Watson. So thank you for hosting us. And we had a blast with our Halloween party, our costumes, which in hindsight, we totally missed an opportunity and should have done something Avatar related, but did not want to get called out like uh, a certain director did for a certain movie that cast uh, not uh, characters that looked like the original crew um so we're talking about about whitewashing folks we're talking about whitewashing (laughs) avatar that horrible thing that m night Shyamalan did that uh really bums me out so even though uh the halloween store does have avatar costumes they look really janky the people in the pictures are definitely white and they look terrible so i was a basic witch and zach was my scarecrow we were super adorable and we we probably have posted a picture on the internet by now, so if you want to see that, go check us out on Twitter at uh, MyCabbageCast. 
Oh, sorry. No, it's just at Cabbage Cast. At Cabbage Cast. That's right. No, uh, it was super fun. We had a great time at the party. We met so many people that we either knew from podcasting or had seen before at random other events. But it was like this this coming together of a bunch of folks. Um, I can't tell you how many times throughout the night we either said we're cabbages or heard your cabbages uh it happened a lot <laughs> and it was very amusing to me uh yeah so and it was actually very amusing when we met mary clay because <laughs> when we first met her we were like oh mary clay we acted like and she looked a little confused but yeah. she rolled with it and she was like oh yeah so good to see y'all she started describing her podcast us. she's like so i do this podcast on lord of the rings called and we were like mary clay we we know we're we're cabbages and she was like oh you're cabbages and it's like you know She's literally never met us in real life, so oh it was wonderfully awkward, but hilarious, and we love you, Mary Clay, and we don't hold it against you one, one bit. <laughs> yeah. Only a little bit. We only hold it a little bit against you. Just <laughs> <laughs> Mots holds it a little bit against you for us, but we don't hold anything against you at all. No grudges here. Yeah. I have to ask real quick, Mott, so is Halloween or some type of adjacent holiday a thing in Norway or no? Um it is a little bit. Honestly, I've I don't think I've gone outside of my apartment for the last like six or seven Halloweens, so I d- genuinely do not know if that's a thing that people still do. <laughs> for all you know, you could have legitimate monsters just like running up and down your street yeah. and terrorizing, and you would have no idea. Exactly. Matsa, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you this, but no- Norway is a nuclear wasteland. Look outside your apartment. It's all it's all apocalypse now. Huh. Damn. Uh, oh, well. Isn't that a movie? Apocalypse Now? <laughs> apocalypse Now, yeah. <laughs> it is a movie. Uh, well... The last thing I want to plug before we jump into the show is, you know, wedding. As people know, the month of October has been crazy for us, which is why we actually ended up going as a scarecrow and a witch, because that's all the things that I had time to throw together slash what was available at Target the week before Halloween. Um, and then we were going to weddings. We were going to Halloween parties. But one of those weddings is my brother's wedding. So congratulations to Brandon and Muriel, my new sister. I love both of y'all dearly, and I know y'all are nerds just like us, so can't wait for y'all to celebrate many more happy years together. And at that podcast, just like where we met uh, about a year ago, Christina, at our friend Brooke's wedding, Mm -hmm. uh, we met another podcast at my brother and my sister's wedding, and that is uh, Sister-in-Law, I should clarify that. (laughs) Um, that's my my sill for short. Yeah. Um, I promise I don't have two siblings that are getting married. That, that would be weird. weird. That would be very yeah. strange. Um, this other podcast is Anime Night Podcast, um, hosted by one of my brother's dear friends, Cameron. So, um, I will put the his and Anime Night Podcast stuff on social media in the show notes but they're hysterical they're very much in line with humor as us and other 
um, Movie Night Crew podcast. They just sit and talk about anime that they like. And their first episode is on My Hero Academia, which I'm not a huge anime nerd, but I was like, follow. Love Hero. Love Boku no Hero. So there you go. So go check them out, y'all. Um... And with that, without further ado, let's talk about some Avatar. <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, book to Earth, chapter eighteen, the Earth King. Um, so the group breaks into the Earth King's palace to inform him of the Hundred Year War, which the Daily has kept secret. They eventually convince the Earth King by showing him the destroyed Fire Nation drill, and Longfang is arrested for treason. Meanwhile, Zuko succumbs to an illness, which Iroh calls a metamorphosis caused by the former's conflicting destiny, and the prince is haunted by nightmares. Azula and her friends, now disguised as the Kyoshi warriors, successfully infiltrate the city. So... I think I said that not much happens this episode. A, a good bit does, but I feel it's like a filler episode. It's setting up for the impending doom that we shall face <laughs> it's in very, like the series finale. Watching this the, episode, the finale. watching this episode is very much like setting up thirty thousand dominoes and like not like tapping the first oh, one over. Yeah. If the video just ended with somebody like setting up 30,000 dominoes of all different <laughs> colors and shapes and stuff, we know that the next few episodes are going to get fucking turnt, but not yet. <laughs> it's all just set up. So, Moss, what are your initial or just overall thoughts on this episode? Um, I like this episode. Um, I, I mean, as you said, like, not that much like shit has not quite hit the fan yet it's like it's on its way up to you've like just released the shit from your hand that you've thrown and then like next next uh, episode is like it's like just about to hit the fan you've put it into the the poop chute that's gonna slide it down into the fan exactly exactly yeah it turns out the the stable guy from the last episode that we recorded, where he was cleaning out op- after Appa <laughs> had been kidnapped by the Dai Li. Yeah, they this they he did, they were, they were sourcing their shit. Um, they had to properly cite that. So here we are. <laughs> that they were gathering. Now we're about to load up the poop shoot. Friends, <laughs> friends, we start this episode with the most long overdue and cathartic. Snuggle session. In the history of snuggle Aww. sessions. Aww. Aang is like cuddling with his bud and we're all just like, you get that cuddle, Aang. You get that cuddle. <laughs> you hug that fucking fuzzball like your life depended on it. My favorite of this is, yes, I know that Aang and Abba are bestest buds and it's super cute, but the cutest thing for me in this scene was Momo, who also was just literally yes. like spread mm-hmm. out all across Appa's face, being like, I'm never leaving you ever again. <laughs> so adorable. It was so cute. <laughs> Very cute. I still argue that, in my opinion, and this may be controversial, but the Tales of Boston Say episode, everyone says that the episode with Iroh and Leaves from the Vine and his son are... The saddest, and don't get me wrong, it is a heart-wrenching episode, especially with what is happening behind the scenes with Mako. 
Mm. It was the voice of Iroh. Uh, however, uh, the low-key sleeper episode of that little, or vignette of that episode was Momo and just him missing and searching for Abba the whole time. Holy shit. It is I, it's like, so fucking heartbreaking and gut-wrenching. and just uh Especially for me, it was like, I completely forgot it was there. It's like that it's like that scene at the end of a movie where like everybody thinks, Oh, the heroes have won. The Sanderson sisters finally got defeated by the the zombie played by Doug Jones. But then uh oh. Uh oh. Oh no. What is happening? What's this last thing? Oh my god, am I about to cry? Oh my god, why am I sobbing? Why am I dry <laughs> heaving? Uh it's it's very tragic and, and very sad. Yeah. But um so after we have our reunion with Appa, which the Appa Drat is over. Thank fucking God. We can all you know, I'll still keep the channel up in the Discord that we have uh, because God. who doesn't need a, everyone still needs a place to access and post just Appa gifts and memes everyone for, in their life. Everyone needs an Appa sometimes. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. So we'll still keep that up. But thank fucking God the the Abba drought is over. We missed you, and, big big fluff buddy. We missed yeah. you. We missed you good. So then they're just trying to figure out what their next move's gonna be. They're arguing, do we stay? Should I stay or should I go now? Because, uh, yeah, if they stay, it certainly is going to be trouble. However, I forget which. I think it's Katara who's just like, y'all, we gotta stay. Like, we have... Like the Earth King, that's what we came here for. Like we definitely, or maybe it's uh no, I no, think it's Sokka, Sokka and Aang. Katara is like, yo, we should just leave this awful place. And Sokka's like, nah, man. Sokka Sokka believes in the sort of basketball concept of being hot. He's like, hey, man, we're on a fucking roll, okay? If I just double down on this twenty-one, it's definitely not gonna bust. It's gonna be great. Listen, all or nothing. We just made a ton of money. Now we're just going to spend it all on the slots and eventually we'll make more money. Uh, <laughs> Sokka's using some great logic here to be like, yeah, we're, we're kind of on a, on a ball. Let's, let's keep rolling. I think that, yeah, the, they see the long, or not long thing, the Dai Li trying to hunt them down on these boats, which those boats look like super fancy and whatnot, but I, I want to know how big lake lao guy actually is because like i those boats look like they're seaworthy and from far away i'm soon as you get up closer they're probably going to be even bigger so i'm like how big is lake lao guy that they need these giant ships specially made just to sail around on this landlocked body of water apparently very big uh what my question also is like I'm, I never get a good sense for what what areas they go to that are in the wall and what areas they go to that are outside the wall. For example, the final third wall. Does it have a bunch of just fucking wilderness in it? Or do they take people outside of the walls to go to Lake Laogai? Is Lake Laogai beyond the walls? And if it's not, why is there just no people around the, the lake for m- miles and miles and miles? I thought that like Bossing Say was like a densely packed place i think it's like once you're within like the inner wall or like the but between the second ring and then the outer wall there's tons of land in the 
with rolling farms and things like that. So I'm assuming like that's where a lot of like the city's food supply comes from. Um, they have like all their farmers, artisans that are, you know, producing or probably living their best lives there. We know that there's a zoo there now, thanks to <laughs> Aang. Um, <laughs> so, so, but, so that's to my point that, so the, the zoo is definitely in the, the, the final ring you think is within the, within the, within the largest ring of the wall. Um, Here. Let me, I'm going to go ahead and post in the chat right now. So there's the outer wall, the lower ring, the middle ring, and then the upper ring. Gosh, there's, they're totally busting a so hole in the rings. theory. One ring to rule them yeah, all. Yeah, turns it's... out you need three. <laughs> we all thought this was Lord of the Rings. It turns out it's Sonic the fucking Hedgehog. There's just rings everywhere. <laughs> yeah, but as they're flying, as they see this boat coming, they're like, holy shit, how are we even going to make it? And then, uh, God bless, I think it's Katara, who goes a little bit of Sanders' sisters on us, and she's like, come! That's probably the Dai Li searching for us. So, we fly! <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, we got a bison, we can fly there. Um, uh, thank you for writing Air Appa. Uh, please keep your tray tables on the upright locked position and all baggages underneath your front seat while we prepare for our descent into bossing <laughs> the grab the fucking fur button has been lit will all patrons please grab the fucking fur so they do not fly off the enormous creature thank you and thank you for writing air <laughs> <laughs> uh for real though uh Mons, would you ride on the back of a giant flying bison uh bareback with no saddle and just a bunch of fur to hang on to um okay so my very first note uh that i took while watching uh this episode in preparation was riding off a bareback looks fucking terrifying and i yeah, do not want to do yes. it <laughs> Yes. I mean, even, like, even with a saddle, it makes me wonder, like, how the hell do they not just, like, fly off? <laughs> like, when, like, when, when uh, like, Appa, like, starts speeding, or, like, uh, like... Appa hits, like, a low-pressure pocket, and they all just fucking <laughs> yeah, shoot off like, the top of the saddle. Does Appa have, like, a, like a built-in, like, gravity? Are like, there seatbelts? Does this <laughs> goddamn Sky Bison have seatbelts? We need seatbelts on this guy, Bison. Just, yes. Um, hashtag hashtag seatbelts for Appa. Yeah, because normally you have to keep seatbelts fastened at all times, and in case of un- hitting unexpected rough air, which I definitely think happens on Appa, uh, you keep your seatbelt fastened at all times, and I just think Air Appa has a lawsuit on their hands. It's just a bound, <laughs> it's a matter of time before somebody sues. It's like, you know that scene in Airplane where the guy goes to get a shave while, like, the airplane is crashing <laughs> and he just ends up just, like... Like, just blood everywhere because he's trying to shave while the, the climax of the movie is happening. That'd be, like, them trying to get ready in the morning. Oh, know, my but, God. Like, every time. Uh, well, as we get... We're, as they are approaching their descent into Bossing, say, near the Earth Palace, somehow Sokka knows exactly, like, where in the palace the 
Earth King is going to be situated. I don't know how he all of a sudden, like his uh, knowledge local check uh, was really fucking fantastic to know that one. I mean, to be fair, on Appa, I'm sure you just fly up high enough and you go, that place, the place that looks like the center of fucking everything. That's probably where it is. There. Yeah. Um, But as they're descending, they do hit some it's more than unexpected rough air they're getting literal chunks of earth just yeeted at them yeah by yeah. by the daily and like the king's guard on the ground pretty fucking epic battle ensues <sighs> um and all my only know about this battle other than it being epic was when katara gets out her water whip and is trying to fight alongside toth and uh, Ang, they are able to subdue some of these guys by literally just, you know, popping up like slices of earth like out of a toaster, and then they're slammed together and like they lay flat as if they're uh, in a nice big bed of earth blocks. And I'm like, now that's one fucking weighted blanket because those motherfuckers are definitely dead. Yep, their internal organs <laughs> are very much crushed. Oh. Yeah, I like. I really love this this scene. I think it uh, like does a really great job of uh, like showing how like like so many ways that you can like do like use earth or yeah earth bending in combat and like it's like it's really creative about. It feels like every single battle scene we get, we we get like new and creative ways to use bending. Yes. Sorry, this is your captain speaking. Hey, this is uh for Atha, for Air Atha. Yeah, um, we got some flaming fireballs, uh, full of earth chunks, uh, <laughs> attacking the left flank of the vehicle. So everybody just clutch onto that for a little bit extra, and you might not die. <laughs> We're going to prepare for an emergency landing. We all hope you paid attention to the in-flight safety demo at the beginning. Oh, shit. We're really short-staffed right now. Uh, I don't even know uh, if we have any air flight attendants on this flight. So, uh, best of luck. May the odds be ever in your favor, folks. This is your captain signing off. In the event of an inevitable crash, your ass will double as a flotation device. Right. <laughs> captain speaking out. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they kind of storm, but they literally storm the castle. Have fun storming the castle, guys. Um, this reminded me of the scene when they're in Mulan and they're trying to, like, you know, get mm -hmm. to the Emperor and they're trying to fight off the Huns uh, before they get to the center of the city. And I, I think that Mulan, they do... Uh, they're much more creative in their ability to trick the Huns and protect the Emperor, like, by all dressing as cute little, not geishas, because that's a Japanese thing, but uh, dressing as women, I guess it's like a turn on the whole, you know, oh, only men can fight and do cool things. It's sort of like Mulan kind of accepting that her femininity is also uh, one of her strengths, right? Yeah, I thought that, but so much for Sokka knowing fucking where the Emperor or the Earth King is because he was very confident when they were flying, but once they land, he has to open every fun single door and be like, 
are you in here? No. <laughs> plus, plus, I mean, people know not to open. You know, you you put your ear up to the door and you roll a perception check. And then if they're if it's high enough, the DM will tell you it's in there without actually having to bust in and like destroy a bunch of giant spiders or whatever. Come on, Sokka. This can't be your first dungeon. You're the you're on Team Avatar. Which is the name he came up with. Yeah, you you started this whole thing. Okay, all right. Uh, but yeah, so they they basically storm the fucking castle. They rock, completely rock house, and storm in there. It's almost like they lay the smack down. Like expected some some like John Cena beat to happen while they're like slowly walking towards the Earth King, and uh, they're like, "Hey," um, they explain that like Long Fang's been lying to you, dude. Uh, I'm the Avatar, and the king's like, oh, he's the Avatar. It's actually Bosco that saves the day, though. I feel at this is. point is worth calling out, because not the Avatar, none of Team Avatar thought it, oh yeah, we probably should mention that Aang's the Avatar. Uh, it's Bosco who comes by and is, like, giving love on Aang from, because, uh, from the, I guess, the festival or the fancy dinner party he was at a few <laughs> weeks ago. Uh, so bears, just like elephants, I guess, have memories and remember, because Oh, God, God save Bosco. He was just so sweet. And, you know, hey, if he likes you, then that much that that checks out. Bosco is a real hero. This this episode, for sure. Yeah, we we all stand Bosco. I mean, Hashtag Bosco for life. I mean, honestly, even Long Fang does a better job of helping Team Avatar than Team Avatar does of helping Team Avatar in this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, arrest the Avatar and his friends. Oh, shit. I meant some kid. <laughs> Oh, yeah, like, fucking Long Feng really fucks up, like, every single, (laughs) every single check in this episode. It's bad. It's bad, Long Feng. Goes from being this, like, master manipulator to being just, like, not able to (laughs) to do a single (laughs) fucking thing. Yeah. He he woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. Um... Speaking of waking up on the wrong side of the bed, we also have a concurrent storyline in which uh, Zuko gets back from his heroic deeds of uh, not fucking the Avatar over big time uh, last episode. And he's like, he's feeling really sick. He's like, oh, God, why does doing good things hurt me? (laughs) Like starts like up chucking all of his bad shit and his issues. And and uh, I was like, ah, calm down, Zuko. You have a bad case of character development. Just let it pass. Just let it pass. <laughs> um, yeah. And as described by Iroh, he is Zuko is going through a metamorphosis, and his previous image of himself is so in conflict with his current actions that there is an internal battle with him himself that is just really wreaking havoc on his system and i'm sure some other podcasts could make a really interesting like literary connection to franz kafka's metamorphosis and Mm -hmm. why this is just a perfect analogy for uh personal growth and development and all i gotta say is I remember reading that in the eighth fucking grade, and I was so terrified by this short story and so grossed out by the 
body horror and the crunching of this bug that was described i had to go to the bathroom and i'm just like yeah and someone this teacher had to send someone to come find me i was in the bathroom for so long just chilling waiting for this to be over that they're like hey alex are are you okay and ever since then i'm just like nope never gonna fucking read this ever again and Little did I know when Zach uh, suggested we watch one of his favorite movies of all time, District Nine. I love District uh, Nine. That it is a literal, just totally not just straight up Kafka's The Metamorphosis. It's yeah, it is. He's lying to you. It's just that I do not want anyone else to suffer the same fate that I did. It's that with action and alien weaponry. That's pretty much what that movie is. Oh look, a wild tangent appears. Speaking of characters not turning into horrifying insects, uh, Zuko just happens to have a fever, and uh, Ira's like, you're just allergic to being a decent person. Just get over it. And he makes him some tea, and he's like, all right, here you go. I brought you some ginger ale and some soup. It's tomato soup, and I put on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for you, just like you like. And Zuko's like, that's my favorite episode, Uncle. (laughs) Uh, he's just being a good, a good daddy dad kind of guy to Zuko right now. He's, he's yeah, watching out has, for his for his boy. He has some nightmares, like and to be clear, they're pretty terrifying. Like we hear Azula's voice, and we get like these two dragons that are like talking, like the angel and the devil, mm-hmm. like on his shoulders, being like, "You suck. You sh- need to try harder and become the next." Fire Lord, just like your father and the blue dragon, which I guess is supposed to be Iroh. It's like I think it's reversed, did- isn't it? I think Maybe. the blue dragon is Azula because of her blue flames, and the red yeah. dragon is is uh, Iroh. Great, yeah. but yeah, yeah, same same concept. So what we what we get next is we get this series of very funny scenes where the gang is trying to convince the Earth King that. In fact, a war is happening, and in fact, it might be bad, even? Uh, and it's, it's really frustrating to watch just, like, this poor, sheltered young man who's clearly not wizened by experience be like, Oh, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, that would be really unfortunate if that were true. Do you have any evidence? And they're like, yeah. Long Fang got bit by our sky bison, and Long Fang's like, that's a giant tooth-shaped birthmark. And we're all like, come on, man. You know that's not a fucking birthmark. Plus, I I feel like it happened so recently that it would definitely still be, like, swollen and, like, rough to the touch and shit. It would definitely not just look like a birthmark. It would be a scab at this point. And also, I think this is funny because and I'm a forensic nerd and so I watch a lot of true crime and this is actually like things that legitimately were used back in the day especially before DNA like when all they had were like hair analysis and blood type and then oh yeah we're just gonna take cast of your teeth and we're going to make sure like and use that to see if it lines up with like bite marks or like any other dental records it's good for identifying bodies like you have a bunch of bones uh and you're trying to figure out if this person is who the person that you're like we're trying to find that works that lines up well but um yeah unfortunately i don't think that this piece of evidence would hold up in court (laughs) yeah i don't think so either it's uh like Again, it's like, 
thank God for Long Feng suddenly deciding to become the world's worst liar. Yeah, he's he's built a whole career out of very efficiently and effectively lying to literally everyone he's ever come into contact with. And then the the gang are like, hey, what about this bite mark on your foot? And he's like, nah, man, that's a birthmark. And they're like, hey, Appa, come here a sec. Hey, look at this fucking, uh, look at this, look at the chompers on this guy. Okay, they're like comparing the, the tooth to Long Fang. And there's this just, I just love this scene where they're like, uh, I get, the king is like, uh, well, I guess there's no way to prove that those markings aren't a birthmark. And then they bring in Appa, and like the smash cut is the king just being like, "Yep, that pretty much proves it." <laughs> <laughs> I need a, I need a, like, I need that as a gift so that I can just like react to things yes. with it. Like, yep, that pretty much proves it. <laughs> like, w- whenever I see a flat earther like do some deep dive on why the Earth is flat, <laughs> I can just post the Earth King going, "Well, that pretty much proves it." <laughs> I'm fucking here for that. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> um, I mean, if it's the Earth King that says the Earth is flat, yeah. he must know everything about the Earth. So clearly, his word, it, he never lies. And he's like, after after all this shit is over, I gotta talk to you about a little theory I've been cooking up for the past <laughs> season and a half, okay? I'm convinced of it. I completely forgot that Aang was a flat earther. <laughs> Aang's a flat earther, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, yeah. that, that could well, be a t-shirt all on its own. There are other attempts to convince the Earth King, because sure, they prove that uh, the the bite was from Appa, still doesn't prove that the um, the war is real. So they're like, oh, let's go check out Lake Laogai. Uh, and they and hang with the Ninja Turtles in the sewers. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of course it's been destroyed already, because Long Feng is... is always at least two steps ahead of the gang of these meddling kids. Um, and I don't know why they didn't think of this in the, the beginning, but they're finally like, oh, what could it be? Like, they're about to lose the Earth King. He's like, how dare you lie to me? Um, you know, we're going to end you with 50 years dungeon. One million years dungeon! Uh, and here we go. No, the, the drill. The, the wall. The wall is where we're gonna go. Can I just talk about the train uh, ride before we head to the wall? Uh, yeah. Is, uh, yes, please there do. There is the line where, um, like, someone asks the Earth King if, or like, have you never been outside the outer wall? And he's like, I've never even been outside the palace. And, uh, and like, it reminds me of the line from um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, where your tone is braggy, but your words are real sad. <laughs> 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 that's, every time I watch that scene, it's like that's what it reminds me of. I like yeah. that. I like that that he has just never been on a train before, <laughs> and I also like the fact that they're like, "Hey, we got to get out to Lake Laogai. What's the most efficient and effective way for the Earth King to get to Lake Laogai?" Oh, I know. We'll take the five o'clock metro. <laughs> yeah, it goes right by Lake Logai. It'll be fine. You know, all the construction workers are getting in on on uh, stop B, so we're gonna have to get off on stop C. But uh, it's like he's the Earth King. You couldn't have arranged like more luxurious transportation oh. for the Earth King. He's so fucking bad uh, at everything. You have to ride the public transit with the rest of the plebes. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. uh, the thought is, is a, terrifying. The Earth King is a man of the people. Um, so yeah, the Lake Lao guy is of course destroyed, like uh, like Alex said, and they're like, "Oh shit, 
Well, where where can we go? Let's go look at the drill, the giant drill. You know, the drill that like was definitely not like a an, an art installation piece from the king. You know, <laughs> the drill that proves that we're at war with the Fire Nation's gigantic thing. <laughs> So they go to it, and uh, wouldn't you know it, it's it's still there. Because it turns out, a colossal drill is pretty hard to just sweep <laughs> under the rug. Yeah, I think this actually, we made this joke unknowingly last episode where, oh, have you seen this art installation? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. My uncle died, or my brother died. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was really <laughs> immersive. Um, but yeah, we who knew that we would ourselves be foreshadowing to Long Fang when he's just like, oh yeah, that's just a construction project. <laughs> and Katara calls him out and is like, okay, well, why is there a Fire Nation symbol on this drill? And Long Fang's like, everything's made in China. Like, really? Is that a surprise to you? Like, yeah, we have to import imported. everything here. Come on. Yeah, this... It's all... Come on. In- uh, yeah, this was something I wanted to talk about. Is like it's not really that bad of a lie uh, that it's like imported because, like, the um, I'm going to like kind of try to cite my sources here, but there is a YouTube channel. It's called uh, Hello Future Me. Uh, he does a Love Hello really, Future Me. Yeah, he does a like some like really good like uh, gives like really good writing uh, writing tips and like world building um, tips and everything and like two of my favorite videos that he's done are on the uh, Earth King the world building of the Earth Kingdom as well, and one on the uh, Fire Nation and it's like why the uh, Fire Nation despite having like by far the lowest population is able to just be so completely dominant in the war and, like, part of it is, like, uh, the Fire Nation is so far ahead of everyone else in terms of, like, technology and uh, everything yeah. that, like, if there were not a war going on, the fact that the technology was imported from the Fire Nation is honestly not that unlikely, because they're so mm. far ahead in terms of technology that, like, they basically have to import technology from the Fire Nation anyway. And it's just... Yeah, like... Yeah. Once again, Nobody Bong Feng just decided like to the become Nation the world's does. worst liar. And it's just... Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like, you know, other imperialist nations throughout history where they invade other lands and steal their natural resources and use those natural <laughs> resources to build up their own homeland and build all of these products that like the and then sell them back to those people and convince them that they just cannot live without it and have literally just held their citizenry and their environment hostage you're talking, um, about, you're talking about us right you're talking about us Oh, man, you we said it, not me. <laughs> we do that. No, in conclusion, I love Hello Future Me. I love all of his videos. I emailed you. Please come on the show. <laughs> oh, my God, I love oh. that. Yeah, haven't heard anything back yet. But. Persistence is, yeah, you know, it's you've got to just, like, you know, the drip on of water on the stone is what a eventually wears it down so uh so at the end of this episode we finally get the earth king he's like all right heck yeah that sounds great uh let's take it to the earth kingdom or let's take it to the fire nation let's kick their butts 
And we're all like, woohoo, good things. And then Sokka does this thing where he he talks really positively about the future, which, <laughs> come on, Sokka, do you know anything about how dramatic irony works? Like, do you know any clue? He's like, everything's going to be great and work out perfect forever. And no one's going to die and no one's going to get injured. And oh, hey, Cedric Diggory, how you doing over there? What's up? Stares um, into camera. And. Yeah, yeah. And so in very quick succession, we get all these, like, things, the, all these ducks get lined up in a row to get, like, like you know, bowled over next episode. The Kyoshi Warriors have arrived. Oh, goody. Let's not say hello to them or stop and see them or give Suki a kiss before we just, like, shuffle off to the, <laughs> to, to the other things that are waiting for us. That is just, like, the biggest plot hole to me is, like... I understand Sokka's super excited, like, he wants to go see his dad, and it's been a long fucking time, but he also, like, just started dating Suki, and you aren't gonna take ten minutes just to go see your girlfriend before you leave. you have a fucking bison. Why wouldn't you fly over there so you can offer the Kyoshi Warriors a lift to the palace, at the very least? It's gonna take you ten minutes to fly over there and and see the- anyway. Chivalry's dead, guys. We- we get that- we get the fact that um, we get the fact that the their dad has a fleet and is is coming, and we get a mysterious, not at all sus letter from Toph's mother about how she understands her now and everything is fine, and I love and support you, and please come to this location and stand on this exact <laughs> red X right here in the middle of the room. Just please stand right, just please stand right there, please. <laughs> just right there. for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, an- another fucking plot hole is, okay, because what the reason we're getting all these characters where we're splitting up the party, which D&D world number one, yeah, never no split go. the party. It's, no go it's in my notes. Do not split up the party. All caps. I Do not split up I'm the party. I'm not kidding. <laughs> good, good for you, Bots. You, you, you get it. I've never played D&D, and even I know that you do, do not split up the party. Oh, shit. So there you go. I thought you would have been a D&D vet, but oh, like... Oh, no. I, I really want to. I really want to play D&D. I... But I I never have. But even... Yeah. Uh, well, maybe that's something we can arrange in yeah, the we'll, future. We'll make it happen, Spoilers. <laughs> but anyways, we get this box of scrolls. They're like, oh, turns out the Dai Li had all of the secret intelligence of every single person in the city. And they pull out this giant, like, tiny jewelry box. And this they're just- giant, tiny jewelry box. <laughs> and they're not like little cards like that you use to use to like flip through and find a library book before we had computers. No, it's just a box of scrolls, which take up a lot of fucking room. Yeah. And I have a hard time believing that every single scroll on every single person in the city of Bossing Say fit into this box, <laughs> other than the fact that the Dai Li are really, really shitty at well, gathering intelligence. No, I think they just brought the relevant documents in that box. That makes like, sense. They just were like, oh, look, grab the documents for the team avatar. The avatar. Put, them, put them here and we'll take them to them. But uh, talk about talk about the guru for sliding into Aang's scrolls like that, you know. <laughs> sliding into them DMs. S- why don't you slide into my scrolls, okay? <laughs> Direct like, scrolls. Sokka no. just gets... Sokka just gets, like, a drunk scroll from Suki, and he unrolls it, and it just says, you up? <laughs> new, sc- uh, new scroll, who dis? <laughs> new scroll, who dis? <laughs> um, 
I, yeah, so the plot hole with Sokka not going back to see Suki, which would have totally just torn apart all of um, the the plot. Although, giving, uh, giving, that might be giving Sokka too much credit, because back a few episodes ago before they were on their way to Boston's Hay, he didn't recognize Suki at all without her makeup. So, now that she has it on, and, uh, spoilers, the... Uh, headdress that Azula is wearing is actually the one that she took from Suki. So oh, I I would give Sokka a 50-50 chance of actually recognizing yeah, so- Azula. Sokka might just roll up to, Az- to Azula and be like, hey babe, heading out with the Avatar, see you later, and then kiss her on the cheek and just fuck off. What's different? Is it your, your, no, not your makeup. No, not your hair. I know. It's a new robe. Like, you're, you got a new outfit. <laughs> Looks great. So we're, we're just, we're just an hour. So let's, uh, yeah. let's tie a bow on this thing. Yeah. Well, the, the last one I want to mention is with, uh, Toph literally has hated her parents her whole life. And, so I really want to know what was in this letter right, that right. was so earth shattering that Toph, who ran away from home, has shat on her parents at every opportunity and ever, all getting raised and visiting Boston, say how much she hates the city. She's like, y'all, my mom like finally gets me and we're totally going to kiss the makeup. It's going to be great. She says she wants to record TikToks with me. <laughs> I love it. I'm so happy. No, it, like... Saka like uh, Toph's just going over the letter she's like it's weird that she she wrote come alone and then underlined it three times I don't know what that's about but um you know I'm just gonna go with my gut I love my mama why does my mom's handwriting all of a sudden look very different (laughs) (laughs) well not that well no to be fair unfortunately Toph uh, would not have been able to figure out (laughs) if her mom's handwriting (laughs) was different it's the braille this braille does not feel right <sighs> did she write it in braille like tough just it just seems like tough i have to rewatch the episode it seems like tough like reads the letter right then and there and then it's like hey, that's my mother she wants to see me or i guess she maybe got it like a, someone to read it, I think to it was her. Her. Read it. yeah ah so uh Really quick, at the end of this episode, uh, we do this thing called experience points. Let's hand out some experience points. Uncle, do you realize what this means? I won't get to finish my game. Shouldn't there be a board or some pieces or something to jangle? I won Dungeons and Dragons, and it was advanced. Evil? Or maybe chaotic neutral? The Demogorgon! <laughs> We're a deep shit. You've been shot by an arrow. Ow! Well, there'd be penalties to her experience if she acted out of alignment. Now, now in order to, to be expedient, I'm going to say we each get one. We can choose either a crit fail or a crit success, and we have to commit to that one and just pick one. So we'll each do one. And if they're all crit fails or they're all crit successes, then so be it. Let's just, we'll, just, we'll just each do one. Cool, you. So, I got mine. Go for it, babe. Why don't you start us off? Okay, well, mine is unfortunately going to be a crit fail from Sokka. Um, when they're all reading their scrolls or their, their letters that they got from the wizard, um, he was just like, yeah, so Aang's reading his letter, and he's like, oh, it's some guru, and he wants to come tell me how I can enter the Avatar state. And Sokka's <laughs> like, what's a guru? Is that some type of poisonous blowfish? Which... <laughs> 
low-key trivia is actually a reference to fugu, which is the name for the Japanese like delicacy for oh blue blowfish. So funny. Oh, so good. And if it yeah, and if it's prepared wrong, could literally kill you. Oh, I heard um, of this. Or just paralyze you from the poison. However, this is a this knowledge roll is such an utter failure because <laughs> just I think last episode in the Lake Laogai episode, fucking like they run into Jet and immediately without being prompted, Sokka goes were you brainwashed or something? And I'm like, okay, you know what brainwashing is, <laughs> not just as a word, but an entire concept and how it fits within the like the socio-political structure being built by this episode. But you do not know what a guru is. Sokka, I'm very concerned for you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my crit fail for the episode. That's great. Um, I'll go next. Uh, my crit success, I'm giving out a crit success this time. My crit success goes to uh, whichever Daily agent made uh, Long Fang's lunch. It looked really oh, tasty. Yes. It had all the nice little shrimps laid out. Well, first of all, where do you get shrimp in the middle of Fire Nation? I guess from Lake Laogai. That's kind of obvious. Uh, but it was just, uh, you know, those those uh, those Daily agents, you know, they're, uh, they're hardworking and they have to do all these espionage things and when in that do you have the time to learn how to cook and so just respect respect to the guy who made long feng's lunch even though he's an evil piece of shit you know how to make a, a shrimp rice ball it's a really good like prison diet like honestly <laughs> yeah. like that looks better than most like restaurant food well, it's because, yeah, it's because they're still in the pocket of Long Feng. That's yeah. kind of a visual yeah. way that they, yeah, yeah. they signal that. It's very smart. Go ahead, Mats. What do you got? Uh, yeah, so I'm, uh, I've also got a crit success, uh, finishing, finishing on a high. Um, uh, Woo! Yeah, mine is uh, Sokka um, trying to convince the Earth King about the war. Uh, he does, he, like, honestly does a really good job of, um, persuading him and. Uh, well, yeah, I think it was his yep. idea to go to the wall, so. Diplomacy think, checks all around. Hell yes. It took him a little bit, but they finally got yeah. there. And we can all, we can all just give a handful of crit successes to those, to Team Avatar in that opening fight scene, because they just fucking so brought true. down the house. So true. Yeah. Um, all right, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, this has been a, a Avatar podcast called My Cabbages. We'll say it again in a second, but uh, please, if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to talk to us, you can email us at mycabbagecast at gmail.com. Or, or you can find us on Twitter at you, my or at, ca- at CabbageCast. At CabbageCast. Go ahead and tweet us up. And, uh, you know, join the Patreon if you want. We're, we're a little backlogged on episodes at the moment, but it, by mid-November, we should have all of them up in a row, and uh, we'll be releasing November's episode in a few weeks. So, uh, sorry we're late, Mots. We love you. Thanks for being patient with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, Mots, thanks for being on the show. It was wonderful having you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Mots, do you want to plug any of your socials where people can find you on the interwebs? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, you can, if you want, uh, you can go follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My handle on both of those is m.fur. That's M-D-O-T-F-U-R. And, yeah. 
I don't really do anything else. Hey, Great. well, you have plenty of time to come on future episodes then. So we've had a blast talking Ooh. with you and we can't wait to do this again. Now, please go get some sleep. I will yeah, do my best. Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Alex. And I'm Mott. And this is My Cabbages! Bye, everybody. Bye! Bye. Two lovers forbidden from one another. A war divides their people. And a mountain divides them apart. They built a path to be together. Yeah, and I forget the next couple of lines, but... you more than you'll ever know, buddy. If you're listening to this, you also ignored the warnings of reading the Percy Jackson books. Now that the monsters are after you, it'd be a good idea to come to Camp Half-Blood. But more importantly than that, you should listen to Of the Eldest Gods, a Rick Riordan read-along podcast. Join us as we talk about some semi-fucked-up history and mythology relating to each chapter. As we reread the original Percy Jackson series again while trying to stay spoiler-free. Or so help us, Zeus may curse the pod again. Episodes out every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.